it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me today, as always, is the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation. It is Scott. Scott, it's been two weeks. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> doing well, Sam. Oh, oh man. Sam. We got one hell of a loaded weekend of wrestling. We got stuff we haven't talked about in two weeks. We got a lot going on. But before we start anything, it is very detrimental that you listen to both the Raw Review and SmackDown Study from Scott dropped on Tuesdays and Saturdays, especially this coming week. Guys, it's a loaded pay-per-view weekend. We have one of the big five, Money in the Bank, on Sunday. And before that, we have Slammiversary. And that's right. We are anticipating the moves. The moves from talent. We're going to get into those choices later on in the show. We have stuff we want to talk about here. Mm. But one again, some news quickly. Some news being the 20 tabs I have, not 20, but close. Pushing it. We're pushing it. First and foremost, I want to put out something really upsetting. I don't know if you saw the Scott today. WWE announced that a certain UK champion has a severe injury. I did. Highly anticipated rematch between uh, Dragonoff and NXT UK champion Walter has been delayed due to him suffering a serious injury on his left hand. Um, too many chops. I was telling you, finally broke down. The chops are too powerful. It took Walter out. Um, right. So I read this article and it said, "There's no word yet. This is a legitimate injury." I'm going to take it as word because Walter doesn't get hurt. You don't right. hurt a god. Yeah. As we've seen, Loki. Eh, that's a lie. Loki gets hurt in Loki if you haven't watched it yet. But anyways, um, <sighs> what a oh god, we can oh. I don't, I don't want to get into a Marvel conversation because we'll, we'll devote three hours to Marvel. Scott, <laughs> I think you and I need to have an, uh, an OFR soon. It's been a long time, yes. I think that would be a great idea. There's a lot of things that have happened in the past couple weeks that we could uh, – months that we haven't talked about. It's true. We live in a basement down by the river um, watching Pretty wrestling. Short, man. <laughs> so um, if it's a legitimate injury, I'm going to argue it is – um, hoping for the speedy recovery of Walter because he is probably one of my favorite talents, not just in the NXT roster, but probably across the board. Probably my top 10. I would make that argument. 
Yeah, no, no, that's that's a legit argument. Yeah, that's a legitimate argument. There's no, there's, there, I mean, there's no argument. I mean, a man who can make another man's chest cave in just by slapping him should be in your top ten. Like his not. match versus Champa, uh, still for me, easily top five matches of the year. I just got released from my physical therapy from watching that match. <laughs> I didn't wow, think- that popped me a lot harder than I expected it to. <laughs> I didn't think that would be that. I was just like, oh, yeah, let me just throw that in there. I thought it was amusing. Uh, following that, we do have, uh, again, we had a loaded weekend that just passed us. Ring of Honor's Best in the World pay-per-view just happened. I think it was their first event since COVID started. They did have fans. Um, from my understanding, it was a decent, it was a pretty, pretty, pretty good pay-per-view. Um, they have a new Ring of Honor World Heavy Champion, Bandito, one. Um, there was a couple of other things, too. Scott, I think you were a little more familiar with what had happened. We were just discussing this prior Yes, they, they revealed the brackets for their women's tournament, and the big surprise was uh, the addition of Chelsea Green. Uh, she was the rumored person that had asked for an early release to her 90-day no-compete clause, and uh, she made that surprise return. Unfortunately, she's still injured, so she won't actually be in the tournament. But the fact that she is in ROH helping the women's division that has been sorely neglected for a long time is a it's a big deal. That's good. It's that's 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 good for business. Well, I mean, we look at what's going on with Samoa Joe without getting too much into it right away. Injured, supposedly injured. We don't know. But they're making sure that he's there and up front. Yes. So, following that, I um, do want to make an announcement that I believe that Battle Riot 3 for MLW just happened uh, July 10th, but they will be airing on July 24th. I want to bring this up because I swear that I saw something that had to do with the Blue Meanie coming out during the actual Battle Riot. Which, I mean, anytime you get to see classic ECW wrestlers, it's something worth noting. Um, the card looks pretty good. Uh, we won't get into it. Obviously, everything has been released as it. Uh, so I'm looking at it right now. Oh, the Blue Mania was not in this one. I swear he was in this one. Either way, um, definitely worth. I mean, we've been talking about it for a while, and I think this is one that would definitely want to check out. Also, speaking about MLW, there was a couple of superstars that just got released that are now all elite full time. Not released, yes. but they their contracts expired. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen. We have Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison. The Varsity Blondes are now full-time AEW competitors signed. They are all elite. Love it. For somebody who, first and foremost, Brian Pillman Jr., the son of legendary Brian Pillman, absolutely incredible talent, mm-hmm. teaming up with Griff Garrison. And a nobody when he started during the COVID era, becoming, I think, a potential future superstar. Absolutely. In the making. Looking forward to their future endeavors in an incredible brand, um, whether it be Dynamite or Rampage, which is in less than a month, Scott. I know. My God. It's, I'm already trying to figure out what this is going to be for them. 
I don't know if it's like the equivalent of what made event used to be for WWE or Sunday Night Heat. Like, let's hope it's not Thunder. I wasn't gonna. <laughs> I wasn't gonna mention WCW Thunder because it still hurts my soul. Being a, a, a weather nerd, the fact that it even had Thunder in it when I was when I was younger just made me love it so much more. And then finding out how much of a shit show that show actually turned out to be just really soured me on, on WCW even more than I already had. So, yeah, I hope it's I hope it's not. Um, I kind of expect it to be more of how, like, their dark and elevation is, kind of their TV stars or people who are on the cusp of being on television um, on Dynamite, I should say, you know, will fine-tune themselves there. I don't know. It could be something like that. Uh, from what I saw in the commercial that they were airing during Dynamite this past week, it's going to be less talking, more fighting. So I don't know if it's just going to be legitimate, just matches for an hour, which is, I, I think that's great. You can get four or five matches in an hour if you don't have too much fluff in between. Yeah, I mean, they already do that with, I think, and I know people are going to, crap on dark and elevation i think those shows do what they need to do where it's kind of like okay we have all this talent a lot of it's new talent a lot of it's talent that we have that we don't get to use a lot yeah. hey we're just gonna throw like it's almost exhibition it's like if you just like went match after match after match after match and that you like yeah. just make it happen give them time to practice maybe they need time to practice maybe it's better to put it on youtube i don't know i don't we and don't they, get to watch it because it's what that's an extra six hours for you and i almost yeah it's yeah, like they are long shows. They have like fifteen matches, from what I've heard. It's it, it's it's a lot of wrestling, which I mean is great because you know, like like you said, it's all exhibition stuff. A lot of it also, you know, they found some gems from those shows that now are on Dynamite or are you know major players, and so it's like that's great that they're able to do that. They've been able to sign new sign new people. The unfortunate part now that they've gone back on the road, a lot of those people are now kind of out of luck, which is unfortunate. Well, um, not, not they've had some people come back and not and necessarily. The, well, not I mean, it depends. It depends on you know. So think about Abaddon, okay? So Abaddon, one of the last shows that they did record or the, went on the road prior to COVID, they were in Colorado. They gave her a shot, and she did what she did, right, to yeah. become you know, this fascinating female superstar. And so I think this now opens up, yeah, all this other talent that they've had who are lesser known, it kind of be like, okay, you can't do this. But also, we're in Texas. We're going to go to Utah. We're going to go to LA. We're going to go to New York. We're going to go all over the country. And eventually they'll go to the UK. Maybe they'll go to Japan, Australia, whatever. And now allows them, oh, we're going to film dark in these other places and right. this other talent we don't get to see anywhere right. else. I, I was I was mainly talking about the people who have been there for the past like eighteen months, but no, you're one hundred percent correct. Like when they go places, I'm sure they'll have trials. So bring in some of the big local talent, have them go on those, you know, on dark and elevation, try them out, see what happens, and and kind of go from there. Because I'm sure there's plenty of diamonds in the rough all around, you know, the United States and the world. So it'd be great to see them have a shot, and then maybe it leads to a, a contract. Yes. Um... At some point in our lives, when we're old and decrepit and old and decrepit and 
not looking at all the other hardware that I could be buying because you know that Steam Deck looks pretty, pretty, pretty dope, Scott. Um, Sam, because well, we have you know, Kenny Omega is the belt collector. Sam is the game console collector. Console collector. Yes. Um. Anyways, at some point we'll probably hop on and watch. I mean, when when this becomes a full time gig, Scott, maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe you and I can wake up at the the wee wee early hours of one a one p.m. in the morning. And, one p.m. Uh, in the morning. <laughs> you know, do my dailies for WWE champions and um. Right. No, honestly though, like 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 we we, we kind of joke about that, but you know, if, if it was to become a full time gig, I would have no, absolutely no problem watching or covering wrestling. 24 hours a day. I'd have absolutely no problem with that. So, Agreed. That Agreed. Um, so across from that, we got a couple of the small things that, Scott, I'm looking at here. First and foremost, uh, this is more of a rumor, but um, there's some heat for those tag team titles that are uh, getting challenged for for NWA, where um, they were talking about this day in history, um just a title match, tag title match. And a certain Harwood known as Dax goes, I love tag team wrestling, which um, NWA was like, you're part of a great tag team. We have those championships. Our boss knows your boss. Hmm. Dax like, let's fucking go. Oh, 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 shit. And that's a door that's already been opened. Right. That's a door that I don't, that I think was only opened due to the fact that NWA had to just stop filming. Right. So, with that being said, I think if there's any tag titles that would fit FTR, it would oh be the God. NWA titles. Yeah. Like, honestly, I expected them to go to NWA before they went to AEW. But I know with everything that happened, um, actually, NWA stopped recording pre-COVID for other reasons. Um, COVID didn't, just didn't help. <laughs> but honestly, no, I, I like... I remember we talked about this. And we were saying, where are they going to go? And I think, and I said, NWA is the perfect place for them because they're old school wrestlers. And that's what NWA is. It's just that it's tradition. It's just, and it just totally felt, not. yeah, and it felt perfect for them. Like, even to have Tully go with them, I thought it would have been perfect. I mean, I, I like them. In AEW, I kind of feel like they get a little lost in the shuffle being in the pinnacle, but uh, it's going to give us them versus Santana and Ortiz, which is a match I've been really wanting for, you know, a long time. So, But, but not just that, Scott. Like, I think I think with AEW, yeah, they're signed to AEW, but they also, as long as they're not showing up on a major network television program, which it really comes down to three shows, honestly. Right. It comes yeah. down to three shows. WWE... AEW Impact, and they're working with Impact right now. So yeah. pretty much, they are open to do anything, anywhere. True. So I think the opportunities are there. I just think people need to, because of COVID, it delayed it. And I think due to us coming out of that, it's going to open up the door for all this other talent to wrestle each other that we don't get to see, we haven't gotten to see. <sighs> but I want to bring that to people's attention. Speaking about mixes, I was coming across this. I was doing my research quickly. Like, the two minutes before we started. There is a Legacy 70th Anniversary show coming together over in Japan. 
on the 14th and 15th of September at Corican Cur- Hall. I'm going to get shit for messing that up. Um, I think this this was announced by the Japanese Wrestling Hall of Fame. I think we had discussed this early in the year. Um, seventy. Okay, the event marks seventy years since Japan's first ever professional wrestling show. This includes Scott. Are you ready? It's gonna be like the poker app. New Japan Pro Wrestling, All Japan Pro Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Nowhere, Dragon Gate. Michinaku Pro, DDT Pro, Big Japan Pro Wrestling, Zero One and Two AW. Everybody getting together. This there are nine promotions That's... involved, and I wasn't. I came across it, but the moment I saw what was going on here, this is something we need to keep an eye on. Mm. It's also because... something that would never happen here in America. <laughs> Right, you want WWE to work with yeah. NWA and AEW and Impact and Ring of Honor and MLW and Lucha Underground. I wish. I wish that was still a thing. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I had <laughs> Oh, I totally broke that promise, didn't I? Oops. It's all right. You had two weeks, Sam. It's fine. <laughs> okay, everyone's fine. We're all fine here. It's okay. I love it's fine. I'm not crying. You're crying. There's no crying in Bedlam. <laughs> a couple of things I do want to bring up. Um, that in two weeks, uh, well, actually in a week, we will have uh, the Wrestle Grand Slam happen at the Tokyo Dome July 25th. Be fascinating how this works out since the Olympics are in Tokyo, I believe, like the day after. <laughs> that's, that's if we still have an Olympics with goddamn. Oh, yeah, what's going on over there now? Yeah. yeah. They announced the full card, IWGP World Heavyweight title, Shingo Takage taking on Kota Ibushi. The tag titles are Tetsu Naito and Sonata taking on the Dangerous Techers, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. Okada taking on Jeff Cobb. That's going to be good. Um, the Junior Heavyweight title, Eldest Brown taking on Robbie Eagles. Uh, IWGP Junior Tag Team titles, Taiji Ishimori and El Fantasma taking on Rocky Romero and... Taguchi, and then there's a battle royale for the KOPW 2021 trophy. So, um, another show we will be keeping an eye on because, you know, I got nothing else going on in my life. <laughs> Following that, I believe there might be, I don't know if there's a vacated title. Sorry, the glass is going to come off because they're foggy and I am hot in its muggy. Um, it looks like there's going to be a triple threat for the triple, uh, for the all Japan Pro Wrestling Triple Crown Championship on the 26th in Tokyo. Uh, first wrestler to win two matches in a row will become the new Triple Crown Champion. A uh, lottery will be held before. Um, I don't know what has happened here. Obviously, um, oh, so-and-so had to vacate the title after testing positive for COVID-19. Yeah. So, Jake Lee, Kento, Miyahara, and Yuma Ayoyagi. Are all wrestling for this title? I need to get my hands on some all Japan stuff because I've heard nothing but good things, and especially watching Joe Doring wrestle, I am super, super curious. And Scott, last but not least, uh, we were just talking about this prior. Impact Wrestling might be moving to a new home to tape TV shows in Vegas, Las Vegas. Um, I think this would be ideal, especially when you have so much tourist yes. um, action going on. 
I mean, where they're filming now, Tennessee, yeah, you're going to get some tourist attraction. But if you're in Las Vegas, chances are you're always going to sell out a show. Yeah, it's kind of like how it was when they were in Orlando. The Impact Zone, back in the day. They, their, their shows were almost always sold out because you'd always have fans there. And it's funny, like, the two times I had the opportunity to go there and watch tape shows when I was in, you know, in the area, they were sold out. So I was like, fuck. <laughs> Didn't get a chance to go. But yeah, if they go to Vegas... Sam, we might have to take a trip. I'm telling you, like post COVID, I, I I made it. I made a statement, and I hold by it. You and I need to just start going to wrestling shows. Yes. Across the board, we yep. need to be doing this. We need to check out a GCW. I want to see the uh, tournament of death. Oh um, actually, now I think about it, we haven't seen anything in regards to Nick Gage and Zack Ryder recently, have we? Um, unless that ended, I don't no, know. No. No, I don't. I don't believe that. I believe that title match is still on, but I don't remember what it was or what it's supposed to be. Shit. Yeah. So I'm. I mean, again, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of wrestling that we like to talk about. But you know, we're gonna get right into it, guys. It's live. We're here. I want to go through this quickly without further ado. Without, and then we'll hop right into NXT for this week. Um, Great American Bash happened last week. Um. MSK defeated Tomas Chapa and Timothy Thatcher by pinfall for the NXT Tag Team Championship. LA Knight retained the Million Dollar Championship against Cameron Grimes, who is now a butler. We'll get further into that. Io Shirai and Zoe Stark are now new NXT Women Tag Team Champions against The Way. We'll talk about how that happened in a minute. And, of course, Adam Cole, Bebe, defeated Kyle O'Reilly by pinfall. Scott, with that being said, lead us right into this week's NXT. Right, right in, right in. So, ha. So, if any of you watched SmackDown this past week, you will have noticed that they have some new talent. By new talent, I mean eventually coming soon, Tony Storm will be joining SmackDown. And debuting on that show was Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart. So NXT's women's division takes a little bit of a hit. And that slides right into our first match, which was Dakota Kai taking on and unfortunately defeating Ember Moon. Ember now no longer having Shotzi by her side. You know, they they, they traded their pleasantries on online and, and, and everything else, but Dakota just talking that trash all throughout the throughout the match, getting the win, and we move on. After that, we had a nice little confrontation in the back with the Diamond Mine, with um, Roddy Strong talking about how he's ready to pretty much take on anybody and have an open challenge. And who steps up to the plate? None other than his former... Undisputed Era cohort in Bobby Fish. Now, of course, Bobby Fish ready for a fight. And Roddy kind of looked like he was ready for a fight, but Malcolm Bivens steps in and says, no, no, no. You don't get to fight him. You get to fight Tyler Rust. Tyler Rust being that protege 
kind of if you want to look at him as like from the evolution side of things, Tyler Rust right now is the Randy Orton of the group. And I'm big on this kid. I like what he's done so far, what he's been with Malcolm, now that they're part of the Diamond Mine. I think they're really going to do something real good with this kid. Uh, he actually beat Bobby Fish. Uh, I believe it was uh, a little bit of shenanigans. Yes, uh, Roddy getting involved. The, after the match, then, they tried to attack, but Kushida came out, made the save. So now we're kind of leading towards that Roddy Strong-Kushida feud for the Cruiserweight title. So that should be real fun to watch. After that, we got Saray taking on defeating... Gigi Dolan, who, when I saw her first come out, I'm like, is this Tony Storm light? And I don't mean that as an insult. I was just like, I, I, I just got the same vibes. So I'm like, okay. I really, I really dig what's going on with Gigi. Saray, she's a talented wrestler, but she's just not connecting with me yet. That's fine. Can't connect with everybody. That's just how it works. The surprise, though, during this match is that Mandy Rose decided to show up, standing up at the top of the ramp watching. After Saray gets the win, Mandy's kind of like, okay, this looks good. Turns around and goes to the back. So I was visibly confused. Like, why is Mandy there? Mandy's supposed to be on Raw. Teaming with Dana Brooke. They're supposed to be going after the women's tag team titles. What's going on? Well, we got an answer a little later in the night, but we'll get to that. Next match after that was Santos Escobar taking on and defeating Dexter Loomis. This match, I love everything that Dexter does when it comes to him being super creepy. Because... All three members of Legato de Fantasma at multiple times during this match just keep getting keep getting freaked out by stuff that Dexter would do. Santos does get the win, and he is looking forward to taking on the North American champion, taking that belt, because that's the next step for him. I can definitely see him going after the NXT title, if not by the end of the year, early 2022. The great part after this, we went to break, we get get ready to come back. During the break, (laughs) Indy Hartwell tries to do the same to Dexter as Dexter did to her the week prior when the way lost the NXT Women's Tag Titles. And a huge credit to Indy. I did not realize the woman was this strong. Especially with him. Right? She picks up Dexter. Dexter's going to be at least a solid 240, 250. She picks him up, starts walking, and she gets like four or five steps. And then, of course, at that point, she falls. It lands on his back. She lands on top of him, and they have the moment. They stare into each other's eyes, and she she fixes her hair, gets it out of her face. They're like this close, and then all of a sudden, Mom Candace, get out of here! Shoving her out. The biggest (laughs) clock block in all of NXT. Dynamic between (laughs) Joey and Candice and Austin 
in indie is like the idea like this is like watching some like like abc you know weekday sitcom <laughs> yes you know you got the doofus dad you got the muscular son who's just kind of like a meathead yep. you got the mom who's like a karen you know very like oh, you know you get out of here no no stop it stop it and then you have indie who's just like the love struck teenage girl yeah and it's like perfect i don't know how they've constructed and it's cons- They've done it. They've made it work every single time. I yes. don't get sick of seeing what happens. I loved Johnny when he was the he was the underdog. But now we have Johnny who's the narcissist. Yes. Who is the way. Yeah. Oh, it's ah, uh, yeah. It's everything he does it just tough it, it just turns to gold. Literally and figuratively. And it's just it's yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on with that. Also, sprinkled throughout this show, Cameron Grimes, as the butler, some of the best segments I have seen in such a long time. I didn't know how this was going to work. I thought I didn't this either. Was, I thought this was more going to be like the Miro and Chucky e. T thing, and that was great for what. The, but they were smart, and they didn't copy that. Nope, not at all. Cameron comes in. I'm going to the broom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then he, pay, he tries to pay off the kid to cut the lawn, and it's just he dresses up in the complete suit. I love how they fixed his beard, his hair, everything. He looks real sharp. And then we come back it in another like segment, and he's literally in a speedo. <laughs> I'm like, what? This. I didn't know how this was going to be. I'm like, okay, this is going to be funny. But I didn't think it'd be this good. Right. And this is just week one. That's the great part. Just week one. Is, is, uh, and maybe I missed this. Is this a month stipulation? I don't think there's. Because they didn't give a timeline. There is no timeline. I think he's the butler until LA Knight's had enough and fires him. I'm assuming that's where we're going. It's probably going to, I'm 99% sure that Cameron's going to continue to do shit like this to piss off L.A. Knight, and either he'll fire him or they'll have a third match, and that's where Cameron will get the win and finally get the title. So we'll we'll see. The The irony on this is, and I don't want to rub it in on you, Scott, but I remember we talked about this when you're like, no, he's got to win the belt the first time. I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm like this, this needs to go. This needs to keep going. And I'll tell you right now, I didn't. Th- I I was like shooting for the moon on that one, no pun intended, by the way. But it was like, I really didn't think it'd get better, and it keeps getting better. That's what I was worried about, that it would lose its edge, and become stale. And if anything, it's become better. So, you, you know what a certain somebody over in TNA would call you, right, Scott? Dummy, dummy, yeah, yeah. I should have let him talk to me. God. <laughs> we have too much fun here, Scott. I know, I know. This is, this is, this is the dream, Sam. This is the dream. You know what also was a dream, Scott? Was one of your two favorite things was next. <sighs> Sam, you know exactly, exactly what I like. I do. Good old tournaments are opening match in our 2021 NXT breakout tournament. We had 
Duke Hudson taking on defeating Ikemen Hiro. And I like what Duke has to offer. He's like, I'm 6'5. I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> End of story. I I am still a little bitter that my boy, AG, was let go right before this tournament started because I think he would have been a great fit for this. But he's doing his own thing already, so I wish him the best, and I can't wait to see what happens with him when he is released from his 30-day no-compete clause real soon. Yeah, 30 days. I mean, some some people got the 30-day one there, Scott. It's true. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Oh, yes, we will. After that, we had ourselves women's tag team match as Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter took on and defeated Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea. And boy, oh boy, Robert Stonebrand is in some shambles, sir. Yes, it is. After... Forever in a day with Aaliyah. I remember back when she was chasing after Robert Stone to to be there for her and guide her along her, her way when she was a lost soul in NXT. Aaliyah's had enough. Basically telling Robert Stone that she's done a lot more for him than he's done for her and then proceeded to kick the ever-living shit out of this man. Um, the one thing I did not expect was the crowd to completely be on her side about it, and it was great. We saw like one moment of like legitimate happiness come out of her when she was beating on Robert Stone. The crowd was absolutely eating it up and just cheering and going crazy. I remember watching it. And then at one point, she looked out in the crowd and then did, like, this hop, jump, skip, clap thing. And I was like, I don't think you were supposed to do that, but that's the biggest pop that that poor girl has ever gotten in NXT. And she's been there for years. I've always appreciated the stuff that she's done. But I'm glad that the crowd acknowledged her work and cheered her on throughout this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So now, now that we've gotten to this part, we'll talk about that other piece of news. There was a trade. Aaliyah is being called up to Raw. Mandy Rose was then traded to NXT. So Mandy Rose is going to be in NXT for the foreseeable future. Kind of strange that yet again, Raw has broken up a, a, another women's tag team. I think there's like three left, maybe. <laughs> Just enough. Um, just, I mean, including the new tag team of, of Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart, which I covered in my SmackDown study. They shortened Shotzi's name to just Shotzi. And at first, they shortened Tegan Knox's name to Knox. And I had a bit of a fit over that. Yeah, exactly. That face you're making right now. Wait a minute. Yeah, I, We're yeah. not going to go with Tegan. We're going to go with Knox? Correct. But on... Uh, WWE.com, they have her as full Tegan Knox, so I think they realized that, that was a terrible mistake. So they kept it. Shotzi, I can deal with because they've always called her Shotzi. I get it. Shotzi Blackheart is a great, well-rounded name, but 
I don't know. The main roster seems to want to go back to single person names again. So whatever. I'm I'm still I'm a little confused in this conversation because didn't Tegan appear at the Great American Bash? Yes, Tegan was the battery that was charging throughout the weeks. She but, comes in. She had a great Instagram post though. She's like, <laughs> she's like, enter, cause a, ker- a kerfuffle, leave. I'm just like. I haven't heard the word kerfuffle since the 90s, so that instantly made me happy. I didn't think I could respect her enough, but after seeing that post, it went up another notch. Um, another <laughs> this is why we're partners, Sam. This is why we are partners. Why? This is why. But yeah, so I guess that was all for nothing, <laughs> which is unfortunate because I really was looking forward to a... Tegan Candice feud, but when the main roster calls, you answer, and off they go. So she'll be released next year, right? I hope not. Let's hope not. I also hope that her knee decides not to explode, because... She would be a great on-air personality, though, too. Yes. Yes. She needs to get back into the gaming chair of up, up, down, down, too, but that's just... Whatever. Anywho, we move on to our main event, Sam. Oh, oh boy. Carrying Cross defending his NXT championship against Johnny Gargano with Samoa Joe as your special guest referee. Multiple times, Joe would call things down the middle, had no favoritism. Cross did not like this on multiple occasions. I was thinking to myself, please provoke him. That's all I want you to do, Cross. Just provoke the man. Well, he eventually puts down Johnny, which was sad to see, but I kind of figured it was going to happen. And then Joe goes, gets the title, hands it to Cross, picks up Cross's hand, and then makes, I think, one crucial mistake. He threw Carrion's arm down, and Joe kind of kind of went to leave. Cross didn't like that very much, felt disrespected. He then decided to put Joe to sleep. And as he put Joe out, the grin on my face hurt. Because Sam... He's been provoked. TikTok, you've been provoked, Samoa Joe. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I hope to God this means that Joe is cleared. Because now I want Joe to fight carrying Cross with every fiber of my being. And I know I'm not alone in that fact. I can't wait to see what happens next week. I think if you're to take any talent out there to defeat Karrion Cross for his title, it's going to be Joe. Yeah. It's going to be Joe. Because just the power that man has and what he's capable of doing. Now you got me thinking. Oh, man. Scott, we need to do this fantasy booking thing. Even though the, I don't think this is a fantasy, this is this is real life. This is coming. It's it's coming. It's TikTok, motherfucker. 
Well, following that, we're going to switch over the channels. Scott, you and I, we did miss Road Rager, which Road Rager was a great show. Um, it was. Unfortunately, we won't get too into it, but we have stuff to talk about. This, though, Fighter Fest 3. I'm honestly dumbfounded that I'm using the number three after a lot of their events. Right? Crazy. Like, something at some point was telling me they're just going to fall flat. In their- I want this to succeed, and I don't think it will. And so far, here we are. And they're getting stronger and stronger. They once again cracked the million this past week. Is that why Brian Alvarez posted something this week? He was kind of like, oh boy. From yep. the Wrestling Observer. Yeah. 1.025 million. I believe the second or third time they've crossed that threshold. But boy, oh boy, did this pay-per-view. Or no pay-per-view. Supercard. This supercard definitely delivered. Um, I look forward to their week two, uh, their night two next week as well. But yes, let's get into this, Sam. All Elite is definitely becoming a serious statement. Yes. So first and foremost, we're going to tell everyone, they kicked off, and not only did they kick off, they announced that next week we'll have another another match for the title. John Moxley and Carl Anderson taking on each other for the IWGP US Championship with John Moxley retaining. This was great. This is exactly what you would have seen over in Japan. This felt like it was a New Japan match. They even had the New Japan rules, which I really appreciated. The fact they do the 20 count, which uh, I love that. Didn't count as fast as they do in Japan, where it's more like a 10 count, but they count to 20. Right. But I thought this was a great match, great opener. I thought the pacing was great. It wasn't like high. And I love the high flying stuff that they do. But this match here, it was just like, no, this we're going to wrestle New Japan style. Yep. And I love the fact that Eddie Kingston came out and took out Doc Gallows in the beginning chased him off so it was a legitimate one-on-one match just mm-hmm. and it's nice to see carl anderson wrestle it's been a, i feel like it's been a long time since he's actually went out there and wrestled by himself yeah he, there's, there's a reason he's the second leader of the bullet club people forget that he is the second leader of the bullet club after That's, prince Devitt. that is true great match but i want to quickly touch on we did get somebody else talking about how they haven't had, you know. I'm just gonna put it out there. Lance Archer came out and goes, "Yo, you took my title back at the Tokyo Dome a couple years ago. I want my title back. Let's do a rematch in Texas, Texas Deathmatch style." <sighs> wow. What? Yeah. Oh, Jim Crockett, are you alive? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> like. Insane. I'm yeah. looking forward to this. And he kept mentioning, oh, in the Tokyo Dome, the Tokyo. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <sighs> Following that, we had the FTW Championship match. Brian Cage chicken on Ricky Starks. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. I did not expect the way this match was going to end. No, not at all. Same. Um, I was just, I was, again, dumbfounded. Um. I thought Cage was going to retain. Were they going to split? Yeah. But the way it ended where Hobbs came out, 
clocked him with the belt, and Starks is now the new FTW champion. Which, again, you look back in the history of this title, this title didn't change hands a lot. No. I bet you this title... uh, Fourth champion, I believe? Yeah. Because it was Taz, Sabu. Taz won it back. Then he gave it to Brian Cage. And now Ricky Starks. Yeah, let let me look this up. No, you actually... Verbatim, that's what it was. So this is the fifth champion. Fourth champion, including, you know, if you exclude Taz yeah, having Taz it Taz two-time, yeah. And this is the fourth time it's been champ. That's, that's, yeah. That's a big deal, guys. That's a big deal. I thought there was something about, there's, you got to see Ricky Starks be Ricky, like, like, I've been saying, we've been saying since NWA, he has something that nobody else has. He's just a monster. He's a lunatic. He has the it factor. He's absolute. He is the, let me tell you, you know what feuds, I'm going to fantasy book this right now. You know who'd be a great feud against? The narcissist contest of the century. Him, MJF. Those two, ah, lose your mind. Mm. Oh, the promos alone. Yeah. Oh, boy. So that being said, Scott, I do want to bring up, we're going to have to go back to Road Rager. So. Yep. If you're hearing this for the first time, two weeks after this has happened, um, you're probably coming out of a coma. You probably have some head injuries or something of the sort. So last week, we kicked off Road Rager with, a uh, believe it was Cody and QT Marshall in a strap match. Mm-hmm. And during that match, the lights go out. Yep. I'm like, that's weird. The hurricane, the tropical storm was going through at the time. And I think everyone was kind of like, wrestling fans are like, that's not nothing. Uh-uh, mm-hmm. we're not dumb. Foreshadowing. They were smart, and now I understand why it happened during Cody's match. Yep. Makes sense. So then you just didn't see it happen for like 45 minutes. Or so. I don't remember the time frame anymore. Then the other thing is going on, where Arn Anderson is talking, and the lights go out again. They're out for a little longer this time. Very long. So and at, uh, uh, you, we had a delay because I think the what you watch it on is always like seconds before me, thirty seconds before me, let's say, because you texted me when the lights were out, and I looked down and I'm like, I'm not opening my phone. <laughs> and the moment those lights came on, and I'm watching, you know, I was house sitting. And you and I, we've had this talk already. Yeah. Alistair Black, Tommy and Malachi Black, as he's known in AEW, debuted. You and I talked about, first and foremost, he felt like a big thing in NXT. Yes. He got fucking put down like a rabid dog in the main roster. And now he shows up in AEW, which I might say might be... I'm saying this now, but then next thing you know, Daniel Bryan shows up, which is looking imminent right now. 
from my sources I'm seeing, but we won't confirm it. We won't play with the sources until we get confirmed data, as a data analyst does. Not to get into work or anything, but his entrance, I jumped out of my fucking seat. I literally felt like Hulk Hogan came to WCW. Mm. This was, and people remember, like, he was huge in NXT, he's buried in the main roster. Now he's back, and he's made two appearances. And he feels like he's the biggest star on the show already. Yes. And I will also say, I love, 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 love the fact that he brings continuity with him with the eye injury that happened when he was on the main roster. He brings it over. He had his little short movie on Instagram the day of his debut. And then he arrives with the the damaged face and it's just I cannot respect the man anymore. Like, any higher level. It's just... This honestly feels like a game changer. And I don't throw that word... I don't throw that phrase around often when it comes to wrestling. But... WWE is going to feel... The loss of getting rid of him. Because he's going to do magical things on AEW. He he is. He's it just there's something he's been there. Tw- like he comes out this week. Cody's talking. He got, he gets nasty. Cody's like vicious now. Cody, big mad. <laughs> you know Malachi. He comes out on on the screen. And I like how he kept the name Black. I will be honest. I really like how yes. he kept the last name Black. Yes. He comes out, he's talking this and that. Cody's like, I want to eat in the ring right here, right now. Okay, then. Yeah. Calm collective. Goes out. Plates are out. Comes back on, and there he is. It's... I can't even begin to imagine what's about to happen. I know for a fact it is now the 15th of July when we record this. Yep. We are... Less than two months away from all out. This, there is no way with what they've just signed. And I will say this I will say this. If this match, Cody Rhodes taking a Malachi Black, happens at all out and Cody wins this match, it's a mistake. Yep, absolutely. Oh, There's, that would be the biggest mistake you could ever do. You don't you you can do it with Anthony Agogo. You can do it with Lance Art. You can do it with any of these other people. The pop he got last week. Again, it was like Hulk Hogan walked in the building. It was like when Stone Cold's glass breaks. It was like hearing the Hitman's music kick. He had a pop for somebody who was only on NXT that you should be getting on the main roster of Raw that he didn't get the opportunity to. 
this guy deserves to be pushed to the fucking moon. And I know a lot of people are like, well, I'm sick of them hiring all this old WWE people. And I'm like, then you have these guys right to begin with. They can hire whoever the fuck they want. Right. Absolutely. Andrade. Andrade's wrestled one match. He feels like they signed another one who feel like they signed the biggest thing on the planet. Yeah. Malachi takes it even further. And with the releases starting this weekend, and then the weekend going into All Out. Yep. Just to throw it out there, we talk about Malachi Black and Cody. You talk about how Cody winning is a mistake, and I agree with you. But there's one exception mm-hmm. to that rule. If we go back to when he was Alistair Black, mm-hmm. who's the person that put his eye through the steps? If you remember. I don't remember. Buddy Murphy. When he was the disciple of Seth Rollins. Now. And I love this reaction of yours. When Malachi Black debuted. Buddy had something to say to him on Twitter. Said, hey, guy, how you doing? How's the eye? He did that. He did that. Oh, my God. Oh. He, a buddy recently put on Twitter the date August 31st, 2021. That is his freedom date. When is all out? September 5th, I think. If he shows up and helps Cody, I would be okay with that. That's fair, because the 31st is a Tuesday. So if, if, if Buddy Murphy, or whatever he's going to call himself, happens to show up at All Out, helps Cody in some way, it can it has be by to... DQ. It has to be by DQ, because because Al, uh, Malachi cannot get pinned. But if he shows up, you want to run back that feud that Buddy Murphy and Aleister Black had on the main roster, and you throw that in AEW, telling you, you could sell out stadiums to watch that feud happen and unfold live. I'm getting chills just talking about this right now. I haven't had chills like this. It's there. I don't know what's happened. They're on an up. A scary up. Yep. Especially, like I said, with all these, all this talent they released. All the talent that have, le- again, I will go back to Daniel Bryan. Yep. People have pointed out more and more and more stuff has been removed of his off of the website. Some people are like, no, he's yeah. He could sign back with WWE. He could. He could. But we're not going to take that off the table. But people got to remember, he's not a WWE guy. He's never been a WWE guy. He was huge in the Indies. Yep. 
And WWE wants to kind of hinder, oh, you know, whether he's not in shape or this and that. And da, da, da. You make make your argument, whatever. The money, and I think you and I had this conversation a long time ago. If he ever left WWE and went to AEW, he would shoot himself higher than when John Moxley came over, than when Malachi Black came over. And when Jericho came out, he would become the biggest wrestler in the world. He he would be their biggest acquisition ever. And again, we can go to the fantasy book where I'm like, oh, but can you imagine Kenny Omega taking on the the dra- the American Dragon, Brian Danielson? I, I, we can't we can't do that now. We can't we can't. I'm I'm gonna lose my mind. I'm, <laughs> I'm just like I'm like getting I'm getting oh Scott. It's like but that being said, Malachi Black is here. I don't think he's a nobody. I think they, they the way they have booked him, they're booking him to be a mid-upper carter to be the – or an upper card. He's going to go for that title at some point. Yeah. <sighs> Speaking about titles, following that, we got to hear from Hangman Adam Page. Talk about people who get pops. Who – since – I think I've said – since day one, I told you this was going to be their guy. Yeah. Granted, they have Kenny Omega, and we can make that argument. But yeah, this is going to be their guy. This was going to be the a- AEW's created creation. His their creation, their biggest star. Yeah. And the pops he's gotten over the past couple of days, coming back into crowded stadiums, is incredible. Uh, he comes out and he starts talking, and obviously we get um, Don Callis come out and Kenny Omega and this and that. Da, 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 da. The elite came out. The Dark Order come out. Uh, we now have this stipulation where there's going to be a 10-man tag match where if... and Is it next week? I believe it's for week two or night two of, of Fighter Fest. So yeah, I believe it's next week. Um, so the stipulations being that if they win, he gets a shot at the AEW World Championship and... The Dark Order, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson get a shot at the tag titles. However, if they lose, they don't get any. And Hangman loses his his chance to compete for the AEW Championship. Mm-hmm. And it's a five-on-five elimination-style match. It's essentially Survivor Series. I love it. Mm. This match is going to be great. I have a feeling... It's going to end up being, like, four on one, and Hangman's that one, and he's going to somehow come back and win this whole thing. Yes. No, I'm... It's not next week. It is not, not next week. Oh, okay. No, the four matches next week. Um, so following that... Oh, it's also cool because you pointed it out where he goes... Now to listen to it again. The Dark Order doesn't turn down a fight. I don't know if that was a slip of the tongue. Nobody else mentioned it. But as soon as I heard that, I texted you so fast. My phone was, like, on fire. <laughs> he said he was in the dark order. <laughs> so, again, another legendary moment. We got Christian Cage taking on Matt Hardy. Uh, this was sooner than I thought this match would happen. But, boy, it did not disappoint. No, not at all. Both these guys can still go. A lot of fun. A lot, a lot, a lot of fun. Um, 
Cage obviously defeated Hardy. I was so many times I thought Cage was going to lose. And this was actually the first time in 23 years that they've wrestled one another that Christian was actually able to beat Matt Hardy one-on-one. That mind-blowing that that has never happened before. And I know this isn't over. Again, I bet you these two are going to go back all out. Yeah, I could definitely see that too. A TLC match between the two at all out? Sorry, sorry. Am I am I am I jerking myself off a little bit? Probably. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that'd be great. Well, of course they can't call it TLC. They'll have to call it like a, I don't know. They'll come up with some ridiculous name for it because they always do. <laughs> oh, the warehouse wrangle. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, following that, and I only want to bring this up because of something again we saw. I shared with you on Twitter. I think we're about to see something in wrestling that is just, it's, uh, I keep saying it, but like, I think we're, we didn't get it because of COVID, but I think it's about to blossom. So we did next have, we did have Britt Baker talking promo on Nyla Rose and Nyla and Vicky said something, yada, 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 this and that. Uh, We get their match for the women's title next week. However, on Twitter, or Instagram, I don't remember anymore. There's too many social media. Maybe it was OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> there was a photo of Brett Baker going, could one of these two be my opponents next? Oh. One being Chelsea Green, and the other being the wonderful virtuosa Diana Perrazzo. And I sat there, and I don't know if they were there for that event. I don't know. Maybe they were there for, to watch or whatnot. But I sat there, and I was just dumbfounded. I was like, shit. Especially because I think Deanna might lose the title at Slammiversary. Could be a shot. And we st- there's still the, 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 the forbidden doors open. Yep. Maybe we get women woman versus woman. Maybe not title for title, but maybe we get the two of them wrestle. I just like the fantasy book. I want my Thunder Rose back, though, let me tell you. Great. <sighs> we are only on match three four of this discussion. Wow, there was a lot that happened. This was a great episode of Dynamite Fighter Fest. This was this felt big. Up next, we had Sammy Guevara taking on Wheeler Yuta with best friends in his quarter. Um, not familiar with this guy, but I texted you after. Um, after Sammy pinned him and you gave him a pat on the back out of respect. This guy, there's something about this guy. This guy has something. He was great in the ring. He has a look. He looks very he just looks unique. He kind of reminded me a little bit of TJP. Yes. A little bit. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was great in the ring. I, uh, especially going against Guevara. Again, another one. Remember, and, and keep in mind, Guevara was one of those people who was accused of stuff um, and had to go to that sensitivity training when the Me Too thing was going on with wrestling. Well, it wasn't really an accusal. He, he blatantly said it on his podcast. So. <laughs> Yeah, so he said something. He apologized. He had to go to sensitivity training. Even a lot of the female talent on the roster have come and supported him of his apology and whatnot. We're not, we're not going to get into that here. But what I'm getting at is he was somebody who openly said something. And, you know, with the way as rabid as people are, especially wrestling fans, he got a pop. Yeah. He's another one. Well, I keep talking about their own stars. Sammy Guevara got a pop. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely one of their biggest faces right now. So, 
Uh, following that, we got to see a unique women's match. Uh, Penelope Ford taking on the return of Yuka Sakazaki. I, I, there was something about when they started this, when you got to see all these female wrestlers out of Japan coming in, and you don't get to see many of them. Obviously, we see Hikaru Shida. Um, oh, who wrestled for the title recently? Riho. Riho. recently, but... But, like, we got to... It, it's great to see her back. There's something exciting about it. Um, and she got the pinfall. Um, I don't know how much longer, you, you know, what their plan is, is in terms of traveling, but I'd like to see them all back at some point. Yeah, it would be nice. I know I know. Um, Kenny's a big fan of the Joshi wrestling. It's mm-hmm. not for everybody. Um, I appreciate it because it's new to me, so I will definitely watch it, try to understand it, see what's going on. It's I have no problem with it. I think some, the... some people unfortunately do, which is which is a little closed minded, but whatever. <laughs> you know, there's something with anything across the board, Scott, where you're kinda like I think some of the best people out there like a little bit of everything, do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Just to actually start talking to, I was just talking to Ken about this. Like with you know, people who you know, there's people out there who like music or like music, I could get into this conversation. I won't because I know a lot of people will probably be pissed off at me. But then there are people who go out, especially metal metal musicians. There's a lot of metal musicians out there who people are like, oh, they just listen to heavy music. No, a lot of them have classical influences. A lot of them have you know classical jazz, blues, country, pop, electronic, metal itself, rock. They take a lot of it and they just mix it all in. Yep. And they they take what they like, and they just and that's what I like about you know AEW, and that was I know a big appeal back when WCW Nitro started was you got a lot, you didn't just yep. get the big guys punching yep. each other every like five minutes. Yep. So I'm excited. I can't. Oh my god! I'm just there's something. I don't know why I'm getting chills down my spine thinking about what's going on right now. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. You know, it really is. I mean, I, I know a lot of people like to like the crap all over what, you know, Raw's been doing lately, and that's all, you know, that's all well-deserved. But, you know, WWE as a whole, you know, they're looked at right now as, well, not right now, but ever since the end of WCW, they're the evil umpire, and you now they must be taken down, and did blah, 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 blah. And they don't need to be taken down. They just need competition. Once they get competition, then they have a decision to make. Either they step up their own game, or they turn into WCW and they fall. It's really that simple. We'll talk about we'll talk about our thoughts off air on this, but I don't want to I don't want to dwell on this too often. I, I I got you know you and I both have stuff we want to talk about. I know people are not here to listen to us uh, shit on the bad product. We want to be constructive. We want to be positive. We want to just everyone we want to enjoy what we have here. Well, we I, mean, I, I, I wasn't looking at it as a negative. Oh no no no, no. I, it's. No, no, no. It's, I, I know you're not, but I'm saying for us, we definitely have this conversation off the air, you and I, one-on-one. I want to go deeper true. into this conversation. That's true. That's true. Our main event, and I totally blanked on this match even happening until, like, the, our main event is a coffin match between Darby Allen and Ethan Page. I was like, wait a minute, this is the main event? Yep. This was, this was something. This was. Yeah. This delivered. It really did. 
And I thought it went by so fast, too. Mm. Like, I was like, no, give me, like, a half hour more of this. This was, and it was personal, which made it even better because they both had history with each other. Yes. They kicked the shit out of each other. They started tearing the ring apart. And then Darby got Ethan in the the casket. I'm like, that's it. And I'm like, wait a minute. Did I miss? Because, again, this was something I kind of missed. I'm like, wait a minute. Is it the rule they have to shut it? He's like, yeah. I was like, but he's in. But Darby can't. I'm like, oh, my. Like, the tension was real. And then he got him in there and closed. They were both in there at one point. Yeah. I knew it was probably not. And, again, the uh, constructive. I knew the moment that, like, they were both in there. And then Ethan did what he did to get Darby on the ground. I was like, okay, yeah, he's still standing in there. I think, yeah, not gonna pick up Darby and throw him in there. I go, I think Darby has is in the in the bag. It was, I, again, it was great. The whole match was great. This was just, you don't need stipulations all the time with matches, but this was something where uh, some of the best some of the best coffee matches have always been the Undertaker. Yeah, always been the Undertaker. You see some here and there with some other guys. I go, oh, okay, cool. But there was something about The Undertaker that just, that was a coffin match. And Darby, there was something because of Darby's character. Yeah. You know, I remember Scorpio came out at one point. And then and Sting came out. He was hiding in the from. coffin the very beginning of the match. Yeah. That was, that was great. I love that. Darby opens it up and there he is. Smacks him and, yeah, then Sting comes out. And... Chase him what, away, and and during that point, you you were away from Darby and Paige the whole time. Yeah, they were in the crowd. I'm like, I'm like, what is going on here? I'm like, this is ma- we're not even looking at the match now. Right? Yeah, they're just following Sting and Scorpio as they're beating the crap out of each other in the crowd. It was oh my, I was, and then he closed the casket. I'm like, awesome, that was a great match, and we're still hanging around. And then Darby looks at it, and he moves the, and I'm like. Oh, no. Oh, my God. And he did the coffin drop onto the coffin. And I was so uncomfortable after that. You just heard the crack. And I'm like, that's actual wood. Yeah. <gasps> and you see, I, I, I looked real quick uh, after they showed the replay. You could see Ethan Page, like, in the fetal position against, like, the far wall of the coffin. So he didn't take the brunt of it. Yup. It was, oh. I, like, I was worried that Darby was going to have wood shoved in his back. And it's just... That was yeah, that was nuts. Like Darby's Darby's gonna hurt himself real bad. I also love how when the match first started, he comes in, does coffin drops off the second rope, and he takes off his jacket and he what does he have? A metal plate on his back. Oh my yeah, I forgot about that. That was incredible. <laughs> I thought he was gonna do his thing where he gets on the top rope and then all of a sudden he just runs back. I'm like, wait a minute, no, pages wait what? We're just gonna go wait, okay, here we yeah, go. Yeah, right. Yep. That was, yeah. That was Night one was phenomenal. Night two is going to be, oh man. I mean, let me quickly go through this card. Because um, I will be on vacation. We're going to try to record. I can't promise anything, guys. Sorry, we've been kind of like all over the place. Um, so far, we only have four matches. We have uh, Britt Baker and Nyla Rose for the AEW Women's title. We have Moxie and Loucher in the Texas Death Match, which is probably the reason why I should watch so we can record next week um, for the IWGP US title. Jericho and Sean Spears. Spares can use a chair, but Jericho cannot. Fascinating stipulation. But that doesn't mean he can't use anything else. Hmm. Then Orange Cassidy taking on the Blade. (sighs) Fighter Pass 
night two. Looking forward to it. And actually, fight for the phones the following week. Yep. They're just, they're just knocking them all out. It's great. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So following that, Impact. Guys. Good old Impact. The Go Home Show. Go Slammiversary home. is this Saturday. And there's a lot there's a lot here that's hanging in the balance of these releases, I think. Yes. Because as of midnight yesterday, the first wave was freed. Now the fun can truly begin. Yeah. A lot of big names out there. So let's see if we see any come Saturday. I think... I think we will see, and we'll get into it in just a minute. So a lot of this, a lot of tonight, and again, I was running late because I had something going on, a.k.a. I had to run out and grab Taco Bell for dinner. Um... <laughs> We kicked it right off with the weird one-way intergender tag match. Daniel Dashwood and Caleb taking on Jordan Grace and Rachel Elring. I turn on the TV, and all of a sudden I see Caleb's pants down. I'm like, hold up. Yeah, that was something. This is... (laughs) Okay, yeah, no, here we go. Here we go, let's get weird. Uh, Jordan Grace and Rachel Elring defeated Caleb and Tennille Dashwood via fit pinfall. And keep in mind, there was a lot of video packages for this weekend. Uh, Tasha Steele took on Havoc, with Havoc defeating Tasha Steele by pinfall. Also, like, Havoc is now joined uh, Decay. I can't wait to see how she's going to look come Saturday. They brought back Father Mitchell. And they're going to perform some type of ceremony. And I hope they kind of show that in the very beginning stages of Slimmerisery. And then we can really get into it. So speaking of Father Mitchell, we did... um, We had some shenanigans going on. Um... Where uh, Susan and uh, Kimberly were uh, discussing the hallway, and we come to find out that somebody's been controlling Susan the whole time. Yeah. Sue Young has been controlling. And I didn't have the audio on, but I'm looking here, and I'm imagining it right now, where all I saw was Kimberly get pulled by Susan into a red room. Oh, she was screaming on her way in. And they shut the door. And I believe Father James Mitchell was in there as well. So... I'm ready for whatever's about to happen. Have you ever seen Sue Young? Yeah, remember, I came in like a month before she's transitioned to Susan. To Susan or Susie? Susie was before. Susie was like the doll. No, I saw Susie and like maybe once in that time period, she became Sue Young. Yeah, it was was, uh, Russell House. Russell House. That's right. Forgot about that. Uh, Russell House, they need to bring that back. 
They need to. That was good. I like that. That, that was, was so good fun. stuff. Um, following that, we had Steve Macklin taking on Cal Hero with Steve Macklin winning by pinfall. A lot. They were trying to get a lot in this week. They were. Um, we had a four-man and eight-man tag match. Uh, Ace Awesome, Madman Fulton, Rahit Raju, Shira taking on Petey Williams, Trey Miguel, Josh Alexander, and Chris Bay, with the latter defeating uh, the former. Um, we had our wonderful Brian Myers promo per usual, <laughs> which is I want to bring this up because this was brought up where <sighs> something came out, and then Tennille Dashwood came out. And hit Matt Cardona. Low blow. Low blow bite. Yeah. Uh, see, now, the brilliance of this whole thing. Now, before this, this segment, mm-hmm. Brian Myers was trying to get Hernandez to come out and be his muscle for you know what was going to happen with Jake. And... Hernandez is like, nah, I got the full gig now. I'm getting paid better than what you can, so we're good. Thanks, bye. So Brian's all kind of pissed off, chasing him down the hallway, you know. And then all of a sudden he stops, he turns and looks towards an open doorway, but we can't see into it. And he goes, All right, fine. See you later, Hernandez. You, you have history with Cordona. Maybe you should come out with me. And of course, my brain went, immediately went, <gasps> New person? Are we getting a surprise? It's after the day. It can happen. This, however, brilliant. Because outside of the wrestling world, Matt Cardona used to date Tennille Dashwood. So having her interjecting herself It's in such a beautiful way because of how personal Macrodona and Brian Myers' feud is. It's perfect. And it gets spicier. It does. It gets spicier because outside of this, because we're geeks and we follow what goes on on Twitter, I sent this to Scott where certain somebody posted on Twitter, so she's so lucky I've got one arm. Chelsea Green. Now, I don't know what the one arm comment is referred to. Because her other arm is, well, it's injured. It's injured? Yeah. So my thought was, maybe it's not injured. Maybe she's actually going to be his partner, because he has a mystery partner for this week. Correct. Because at Slammiversary now, it's a mixed tag match with Brian Myers and Tino Dashwood versus... Macrodona and a female partner of his choosing. And I love how Scott DeMore is like, you know, anniversary is going to be a hot mess. Turns around and walks away. He does this throughout the night. Same thing when he had the contract signing with Deanna Perrazzo. He name dropped five different people that her opponent could be. Including Noah Jose. And I laughed hysterically when he said that. <laughs> it's just... There's so much... There's so many possibilities for what could happen on Saturday. I can't wait. I know that you're not going to be able to watch this pay-per-view. Because you're going to be away. 
prepare thy phone for many explosions. <laughs> That's because, Scott, the explosions doesn't belong to them. <laughs> they belong to us. I think I'll be shotgun another hard cider once we finish this recording. <laughs> so following that, so I'm just there's again there's a lot going on, a lot to speculate. Following that, we had Moose taking on Hernandez, with Moose uh, defeating Hernandez via pinfall. Uh, we had Chris Saban come out and attack him. And following that, and I did make a mistake for anyone who follows us on Twitter. I thought this was a ten man because there's so many people were out there, but it's really a Joe Doran taking on Falaba, taking on Doc Ellis, taking on Willie Mack in a four way, with Joe Doran getting the win. Match. Um, and then the place broke out into absolute. What do they say sometimes on NXT? There, Scott. I I, I believe the word is bedlam. Bedlam. <laughs> yes. Bedlam. bedlam. Almost like it's by design. Almost. Almost. But um, a lot of video packages. Not as much going on here because I think I almost feel like we're getting ready. For some reveals on Saturday. There's some shit that's going to happen, Scott. It's going to be great. I cannot wait for it. It's going to be the best shit sandwich we've ever eaten. Mm. That being said, Scott, we got to talk about two pay-per-views quickly before we cut this show short. we got <sighs> eight talk about matches for Slammiversary. Eight matches. Now... Now, this is going to be interesting because we have a couple of these that have to be announced, and they're actually the women. Um, right? Yeah, exactly. We're going to go off the lovely, trusty um, site I like to call Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm actually, you know, I might actually buy this DVD just to have it and watch it later right. if I don't get to watch it right away. I know I'm. I don't know. I'm talking about that out loud. That's like almost like a conversation Scott and I would have on the phone. <laughs> but anyway, we're gonna go down the list. We're gonna start with Brian Myers and Tennille Dash. We're taking on Matt Cardona and to be announced. Now, they have Caleb. But you know, what? I have a feeling. I want. I have a feeling it's Chelsea Green coming out. I have this feeling. And it would be kind of weird to have her come out slash come back. But she's also said with Ring of Honor. I don't know how that works with Ring of Honor Impact right now. But I have a feeling it's going to be her. And I have a feeling her and Matt are going to win. It only makes sense. Do you have your handy-dandy notebook? I'm already typing it out. <laughs> this guy. This guy. going to hire you. I hope so. <laughs> so, yes, I agree with you 100%. Uh, Cardona and his uh, to be announced will be the winner. <laughs> we don't know who it is. <laughs> Following that, uh, we got Eddie Edwards taking on W. Morrissey. Um, I'm going to make the argument that um, W. Morrissey's on top on this one. He's a monster. They've sold him as a monster. 100% agree. I, I, I love Eddie Edwards, but. There's absolutely zero percent chance that he wins this match. The only harmless monster I've ever seen was the Incredible Hulk in Endgame. So if he's not Bruce Banner as Hulk, kind of like with glasses and really smart, uh, yeah, no. W. Morrissey is taking this. Yeah. Uh, following that, we have Fire and Flavor taking on Havoc and Rosemary for the Knockouts Tag Team Championship. I'm going to argue there might be a lot of title changes on this pay-per-view. I think they're winning those titles. 
especially with her now being a part of Decay. It would be kind of weak for her to join Decay and then they lose the belts. Correct. I agree. Sam, we got three for three. Oh, here we go. What do they what do they say in uh, in beer pong? I'm heating up. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Following that, we have the Impact World Tag Titles with Found by Design taking on Rich Swan and Willie Mack, TJP and Falaba and the Good Brothers. <sighs> I want to say the Good Brothers might the good brothers to me, I think, would be the only other people I think you could take them. However, this might be the one title, one of the titles I think that's going to stay. Okay. With Violent by Design. I'm honestly on the fence between Violent by Design and Good Brothers. The main reason, and we talk about this often. Joe Dory won the match. And what normally happens to the people who win their final match before the pay-per-view? It belongs to us. <laughs> but with that being said, I will agree with you one more time. Found the design. We'll retain the title. Word. Following that, we have the Impact Knockouts tag. Um, the, the Knockouts championship Deanna Perazzo taking on to be announced this one might be a little more difficult I don't have a list of you, you know what I'm gonna go off of releases because of what happened last year there's no way they're not gonna have somebody who's not released uh WWE releases 2021 if I remember gonna... correctly it was Peyton Royce Billy Kay um, Mickey James. Say Teddy Garrett. I think those were the only four. Marina Schaffer. Oh yeah, Marina. Yeah, but I think she's done wrestling. Um, that's that's Roddy's wife. Um. I'm looking I, Lana. No, but I, I think we know where Lana's going. Ruby Riot? Oh shit. <gasps> Santara Garrett. Oh my god, Sam. But she was on the twenty was she on the twenty no, wait a minute. Hold up. Where was she? No, released? Ruby was oh no no. Ruby's not gonna be eligible. Hold on, June second. July second. Oh. Uh, uh, imagine. Oh, uh. Oh, that would have been... Oh, my God. I don't think it's Peyton Royce or Billy Kay. I will say that. I don't yeah, think I don't it's know. either of those two. Because I think they're both going to go to AEW. Green. The only person I can see on the release list... Oh, this is going to be tough. But granted, she's also at the end. I, I would almost argue Mickey James comes back. For like a one-night thing? Because, yeah. yeah, she's pretty much with NWA at this point. She's, you know, doing their women's only pay-per-view. Yeah, but imagine if she showed up to a women's only pay-per-view holding the Impact Women's title. I mean, it's yeah. not out. It's not out of the question. And remember, both shows are... Okay, let's keep this in mind. AEW and WWE are both live product. Correct. Impact and NWA are pre-taped. 
Correct. So hypothetically, if the if the filming schedules don't aren't at the same time, they could be active during both product. Correct. But you also have to remember that to be announced could also be Sue Young. That was, you know what? I think Diano might lose it at Slammiversary. Right. And if it's if it's Sue, I think Diano loses to Sue. If it's one of those releases, it's a more of a 50-50. Well, with the way the breakup happened, I'm thinking it's going to be Sue Young. So I think Diano loses the belt. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Diana lose the belt to Sue Young. TBA, and uh, I think we're gonna be pretty much on the same page as the entire pay per view, Sam. <laughs> well, the next one might be a little more. Di- the next two might be difficult. Um, Chris Sabin taking on Moose. Um, sure. I would say Moose. Just Moose has been a monster. Even though he defeat, even though he took out Chris Sabin, Moose has just this momentum that's just not stopping. Yeah. The only loss he's had is against Omega. And even that was by shenanigans. Yes, pure shenanigans. Yeah. Um, you know what, Moose, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay. Um, next up is the Ultimate X match, which I think I know Scott is probably giddy like a schoolgirl thinking about yeah. this. I love these matches. It's been a long time since I've been able to watch one. I think this will be your first when you get a chance to watch Big Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, we know the lineup. This one, this one, probably all this probably actually now I think about this, this is going to be the most difficult one. Um, it's either one of two things going to happen. Either Josh Alexander retains. Or I almost feel like Chris Bay might win it. Because of it took him a minute to become part of a team. He might be playing shenanigans in his own right to fuck with his teammates. But you remember what he did at the end of the show on Impact. He attacked... Um, Josh Alexander and Trey Miguel after the fact with the chair. So he's not on a team. He's by himself. Yeah, so now he's solo. Yeah. I'm going to go Chris Bay takes his title. Slammer versus Bay. Why not? The guy has so much money. There's something about Bay where he should be. He should get the world title at some point. I I agree. I think that would be great. Um, this one, it's going to be a great match. It's going to be lots of high spots, lots of ridiculousness. But part of me feels like Josh is going to retain. Ooh. Ooh. Finally, we have something that's going to separate us. Finally. Cool. I like competition. Um, last but not least... Do we need introduction? Do we need to even explain this? Do we even need to tell you what we think is going to happen? It'll be a great match. Yes. We want this match. Yes. Kenny Omega, Sammy Callahan for the Impact World Championship with a no DQ. I obviously, I think, with the way things are outlined right now, Kenny Omega is going to retain. Well. Yeah. Seven and one. I think Sammy Callahan. Ooh. Belt collector loses that first belt. This why Saturday. Ca- why Callahan though? Because Sammy Callahan is the draw. It's just 
Impact needs to have its title back. Kenny Omega is not an Impact star. No, he's not. Sammy Callahan is that insane person that will literally do anything to win the title. This is also now a no disqualification match. Mm-hmm. Which means, obviously, we're going to get interference from probably the Good Brothers, maybe even the Bucks. You know Don Callis is going to be out there. But this is where I also expect some people from Impact to show up to help take care of the rest of the trash. Maybe even take out Kenny a little bit. Maybe we get Val by design to show up for a split second to help out Sammy Callahan. Good point. Good point. Good point. Um, and if he's wrestling Adam Page in September, it makes sense. And he's wrestling uh, Andrade in August. Correct. So it really makes sense for him to lose all these belts before he lose it before AEW. Yes. yes. Makes sense. Yep. This is where the first domino falls. I believe it in my heart. I could be wrong, but I really honestly truly feel this is the time to give the belt back to Sammy and let Sammy do some ridiculous shit with it. You know, you have you have some good points there, Scott. And I could probably agree with you, but you know, for the sake of bragging rates, I'm going to keep mine uh, <laughs> in separate. All right. Because you and I like bragging rights. It's true. I was going to say Bound for Glory, but I think Bound for Glory is after All Out. So then that would prolong Kenny's reign longer going into... Unless my other theory holds. If you remember my other one. Adam Page loses the first title run. It took it killed Kenny four matches to get that title from Okada. This is hypothetical. I could be fine. wrong. That's fine. Jim Cornette could come and take all the belts from him. Who knows? And as for who I'm going to speculate, I don't even know. I know they're having some COVID things going on over in Japan right now. Right. So I'd want to say Okada or Naito might come over, but I I don't want to put any... Ibushi. 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 Oh, my God. Just want to go to Ibushi. I don't... I don't want to put any definites on anything until we know. Until we get... Uh, all Out is probably a safer bet. Yeah. But not this. Not 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 Slammiversary. That being said, Scott, we still have... One of the big five we haven't even started talking. Um, and we already know that your boy is probably going to win this one because he don't watch the product. And I have a record. Mm. I have a record that is untouched. Mm. It's funny. I have a friend through my friend, Samantha, who's been on my OFR show, who he doesn't play any games, never plays any games. Every time he plays something with people, he always wins. <laughs> So he plays pool for the first time, kicks everyone's ass. Plays bowling with people, kicks their ass. I am what they call the lucky draw, Scott. I'm going to take that nickname, the lucky draw. The lucky draw, all right. So be the lucky draw. I may not pay attention, but I win. 
That's a good tagline. <laughs> That's why when it comes to you with this shit. <laughs> okay, so let's get right into this. In first and foremost, we're gonna talk about there's actually only six matches right now, and again, we still have you still have SmackDown. Yep. Which will be dropped on Saturday morning. You listen to Scott SmackDown starting. Um we're going to kick off, first and foremost, AJ Styles and Omos taking on the Viking Raiders. I'm going to fuck creative. War Machine. Yeah, there you go. Um, For the Raw Tag Team Championships. Um, How long have they had these belts? Sorry, I'm going to be I'm gonna be a little geeky here. <laughs> They've had them, I believe, since... Mania? Well, they have. They have. Only 95 days since Mania. Wow. Right? I want to say they retain. I feel like because this is almost his first title run with AJ. And not that I don't like War. I love War Machine. They're a tag team legend on the indie scene. But I think... I don't know. AJ Styles and almost look like uh, a tag team that need to retain. Keep the momentum. Oh, we're going to start off separated right off the bat. Right off the rip. Spread them. Let's go. Right. As much as I love AJ and almost being tag champions, I need the Viking Raiders, the Viking Experience, War Machine, War Raiders, whatever the goddamn name you want to pick for them. They need these titles. The boys just came back from injuries. It's time. Let them run rampant again. Let the war, let, let the raid begin once again. Ward, or ward, 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 ward. That doesn't, that makes no sense. <coughs> Just a pretty face. And the lucky draw, as they say. And by they, I mean I. For like the past five minutes. <laughs> <coughs> Next up, we have the Universal Championship match between Roman Reigns and Edge and... As much as I want Edge to have a title reign, I don't think it's with the Universal Championship. And I don't know, Roman Reigns is still the head of the table. So are you Roman's going to keep the title? I will agree with you. Roman's not losing this title until Mania. Whether it be next year or the year after, Roman's going to be the Universal Champion for the foreseeable future. Nobody's touching him. Uh, okay, cool. We are one and one right now. We are one and one. Following that, we have Rhea Ripley taking on Charlotte Flair. I'm hoping for the love of God that Charlotte, that Rhea Ripley keeps this belt. I'm going to say Rhea, not because I think she'll keep it, but because I want her to keep it. All right, we're separating one more time. Charlotte Flair will become a fort. Time women's champion. Wow. I said this and I, I was on my soapbox for this during an episode of the Raw Review. If you guys haven't listened to that, please do yourself a favor. Go pay attention to it. It's only 15, 20 minutes long. I went on my little rampage about it saying how if anybody's going to beat 
Ric Flair's 16-time championships. Yes, John Cena also has 16, but it's Rick's. We all know this. It will be Charlotte Flair. She will be the first person to crack 17. And then after that, it doesn't matter anymore because it's Charlotte's record. So this is just the next step in her, I will say, destiny of reaching 17. So number 14 comes on Sunday. Who knows? Evolution is a mystery, my friend. Both change that nobody can see. Uh, up next, we do have Bobby Lashley taking on Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. I don't know. Is the world ready for Kofi Mania? It sounds like Bobby Lashley's uh, doing a pretty solid job as a uh, WWE champion. Um, are we going are we gonna, to split again, Scott? Because I almost want to say that Lashley's going to retain. Well, actually, now that you say that, agree with you. Now, the reason being is Kofi's been making some good points on the show lately about how MVP's been too busy kind of celebrating with Bobby, you know, getting lots of pretty girls, lots of alcohol and partying and having, you know, MVP, MVP lounges all the time. And Bobby's kind of fallen off his game and he's been pinned by Lashley, he's been pinned by Kofi. He's been, this past Monday, was pinned by Xavier Woods. Bobby went apeshit at the end of the show, destroying, essentially, the, the entire MVP lounge and nearly came to blows with MVP, basically saying he's tired of all this bullshit. Kofi was right. I've all I've been off my game. That all ends this Sunday. So I, I, this can go one of two ways. Lashley could utterly destroy Kofi Kingston, and this could be a squash match, which I think would be a disservice to both of men, to both men. That happens. It's a long match, and, and Bobby wins, or Kofi finds a way, pins Bobby, and then Bobby just goes ape shit after the fact, and just goes on his own. I don't know. Part of me hopes for option B, where it's a nice long match, Bobby retains. But, I don't know. It's, this one is a lot more up in the air than I expected it to be. Fair. Fair. Um, well, I don't know if there'll be any super long matches. I'll be surprised, because, I mean, it is money in the bank. True. And those matches will definitely uh, take center stage. So I'm looking at both of these. We're going to go. You want to do one or two? Let's start with two. We'll go all the way up the board. Okay. So for the women's ladder match, we got Asuka, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Ash, Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega, and Talia Tamina. I have my two looking at this. And again, it could be wrong. Um, first and foremost, I'm going to pick Alexa. Okay. Because, again, I don't watch the main product. But the one person's face I see plastered over everything is what Alexa Bliss has been doing recently since she broke away from Brady Wyatt. And it's unsettling and slightly attractive, which probably says a lot about my dating life. <laughs> That being said, 
following that, I would say, for argument's sake, say Vizilina Vega. Okay. Why not? He just comes back. Shock people. I mean, if you want to shock people, you could be Tamina, but um, I think it's Zelina. I'll, I'll pick with I'll pick those two. I, I I think Nikki Cross could, and I'm not familiar with her superhero character yet. She just debuted it a few weeks ago. Um, of course, much to the dismay of the internet, when it come to find out it was her idea. So I I personally love it. Um, she's been on a huge role as of late. She's only had one hiccup where she actually took a loss to um, Nia Jax. But ever since, other than that, she's won every single match she's been a part of. And she could absolutely win it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna jump back to 2004, 2005, when Bradshaw debuted as John Bradshaw Layfield, aka JBL, and it was like, what the fuck? This is yep. so aggravating. And then they drop the title on him. And I, I just remember, if there's any disappointment at that age in my life that I remember, it was that. Because <laughs> I remember, and again, being older, I'm like, it pissed me off. But that's what it was intended to do. Right, it did its job. So, Nikki Cross could, ap- or Nikki Ash, as I'm seeing the name now, could absolutely do the same thing where she comes in and wins the money in the bank. Yep. It's funny that you mentioned that because my picks, first one, is actually going to be Nikki Ash. My second pick is an underdog, Liv Morgan. Ooh. Liv, Liv's been an interesting story. Ever since Ruby was let go, Liv's been on a bit of a push. She had this little thing with Carmella, um, who was actually supposed to be in this match, but since Bailey's injured and out for nine months, Carmella was then thrown into the women's title match, which will actually be happening on SmackDown on Friday. So... They needed to have a replacement, and for the SmackDown side of things, Sonya Deville has just been coming out and naming people instead of having matches, which has actually really bothered me because I like them to actually qualify for these type of events, but whatever. Liv has come out every single week when she first said that Charlotte was uh, that uh, Carmella was going to be in the match. Liv came out was pissed off because she beat Carmella the previous week. Why wasn't she picked? Valid point. The following week, Sonia makes the surprise return for Zelina Vega, adding her to the match. Liv comes out and goes, Selena hasn't been here all year. How, why does she deserve to be in the ma- in, in Money in the Bank? They end up having a match. Liv wins the match. Go to this week. Injury with Bailey. Sonia puts Carmella in the title match. Liv comes out and says, how does Carmella have, you know, what has she done to give herself a title match? Sonia shut her down so quick with basically like, if you would have kept your mouth shut and waited for me to finish, we need somebody to fit it to, you know, fill in for Carmella and Money in the Bank and names Liv Morgan. Now, Liv's reaction to that was so genuine she put her hand up to her face as to try to block the huge smile that was erupting from it. <laughs> it was actually a pretty cool moment to see. Um, 
So you think that was like a natural thing where they? Yeah, I think I don't think they told her. They just told her to go out and be upset about you know Carmela being chosen, and I don't think they actually told her. So when that happened, she tried to restrain herself, but you could tell how excited she was because she's done interviews on like the bump. And um, they had X-Block on the show because it was NWO week, which I'm sad we didn't do a show about because uh, NWO week would have been great to talk about. But that's whatever. X-Block was on the show talking about how he believes in live and actually moved to lives to, to tears, like legitimately legitimate tears. It talks about how he believes in her and thinks that she should be in the match Keep being that, you know, squeaky wheel because you'll eventually, you know, you'll get the oil. You'll get the grease. That's just, you know, he's like, I hate to be be cliche, but that's just how it works. So, and then to have this happen the following week for SmackDown, uh, it's just, I feel like this is her time. I feel like, you know, honestly, Nikki having all her success on Raw Liv having all her success on SmackDown, I feel like it's only right that one of them takes it. No, that's fair. That's a that's a fair fair assessment on that. Uh, so as for the men's, and this one's a little more difficult, but again, yeah, I know what's the product, but I know I'll be right. <laughs> <sighs> so the men's, we got Ricochet, John Morrison, Riddle. Drew McIntyre, Big E, Kevin Owens, King Nakamura, and Seth Rollins. I'm going to first go with, because I know they've been trying to do this from what I've kind of seen. I'm going to pick first and foremost Big E. Okay. And I'm torn between Nakamura and Owens. And I'm a Nakamura fan to the fucking T. Actually... Throwback, the first wrestling event we went to that wasn't the Hall of Famer access was TakeOver, where he wrestled Bobby Roode for the NXT title and lost. Correct, sir. And did I miss something with the King part? Like, did they have another King of the Ring tournament? (sighs) No. (sighs) It's going to hurt me to have to talk about this again. But if you can tell me just watch uh, SmackDown, I can do that. Well, no, it's it's been a long, long feud for many weeks that I've talked about, and just yeah. Um, so Corbin, as we all know, was king of the ring for the last couple of years. Well, he started a feud with Nakamura, and Nakamura has Rick Boogs with him, who has been kind of like on the back end of NXT. Um, He's, like, this rock character and has this, like, ridiculous scream. Um, if you look up stuff on, on online, you'll see what I'm talking about. But he comes out, and he actually plays Nakamura's theme as he comes to the ring. Um, so they had their little feud, and Nakamura won the first match and actually took the crown put it on his head, he kind of just strutted around after the match, and kind of, and he left with it. So, Baron said, it's my crown, cut the shit. Then they had these many series of matches where they would go back and forth and trade wins. 
Uh, every time Corbin would try to take his crown back, Boogs would get involved and trip him up or tackle him or whatever, and Nakamura would take the crown and, you know, run off. Well, a few weeks ago, they had the battle for the crown. It's Nakamura versus King Corbin. The winner is the true king of WWE. The loser is nothing. Corbin lost, making Nakamura the new king of WWE. Ever since then, Baron Corbin's been going through this complete and utter downturn in life. He's like, he's lost all his money, all his investments. He's had his car repossessed. His house is now being foreclosed on. He no longer has entrance music. He He's growing back his, his hair. And, like, you can tell from he's shaved it for so long and he's been losing hair anyways. Um, he's super bald on the top, but he's got, like, patches everywhere else. It's really weird. They're doing such a great job getting sympathy for Corbin that this is going to be a face turn for him at the end. And as obviously, as a, I've been a Corbin fan forever. So I hate seeing him like that, but in the same turn, it's like hopefully this leads to him actually getting some support from the fans. So who knows? But yeah, that's why Nakamura is King Nakamura now. And maybe that could come all the way ahead if he turns face and Nakamura's heel and Nakamura wins the title. Or wins the briefcase and I don't know. I'm fantasy booking Scott. Because <laughs> that's what we do. I'm blind with the product and I'm Trying to read it from the outside. I'm gonna say Nakamura for this reason. For that reason. You can tell me I'm wrong, but no, no, it's not a bad pick. <laughs> okay, Scott, let's go. Oh, all right. Well, I know for a fact that Ricochet and John Morrison are gonna do some ridiculous shit on these ladders because they've been having some matches lately on SmackDown that have been insane. But that is what it is. Um, but no, they have no shot in hell of winning this match. I'm, I'm sorry. And that's been on Raw, not on SmackDown. Um, Riddle is a bit of a mystery for me because Randy was in a qualifying match and didn't win. Riddle did win his. And Randy's kind of disappeared. He hasn't been on TV in the last few weeks. So we don't know what's going on. Come I have this yeah. sickening feeling that Randy's going to cost Riddle this opportunity, even though I want RK Bro to live on forever, just so we can continue to rag on Know the Ropes. Because <laughs> they hate this with a passion, or at least Sam over there does. So naturally, I want this to continue, and I want them to win tag team titles at like SummerSlam when they're in Vegas watching it live, just again, so I can continue to have can you repeat that? So, we'll see. They're going to be at SummerSlam? Yes. Yep, they're going to Vegas. Where's our, where was our invite? Well, they actually did talk to us about it, but I'm like, we don't have that. We can't right now. Okay, we'll see them in Dallas. That's right. That's right. We'll see you in Dallas. Drew McIntyre has been on a 
ridiculous odyssey with Bobby Lashley. He can now actually technically no longer challenge Lashley for the title after he lost to Hell in a Cell. Don't know if Money in the Bank changes that, but we'll see. There's also the draft coming up at some point. I hear now it's not necessarily going to be in August. It could be in October. So we'll see. Biggie, I think he's due. So I will actually agree with you for Biggie's pick. Mm-hmm. Owens, love KO to death. And I think this would be great for him. And he just came off a huge feud with Sammy. So he's a good pick. <clears throat> Nakamura, like you like you were talking about, is a good pick as well. And then of course the Seth Rollins. Which as as we all remember, the biggest heist in the history of wrestling at WrestleMania when he cashed in on Roman and Brock. Yeah. So you're torn between Owens and Nakamura. I'm torn between Owens and Rollins. But for the sake of sakes, because I feel like Rollins is going to challenge Roman at SummerSlam, that it's going to be Owens will be my number two. Interesting. Because I feel like Kevin's going to be traded to, or is going to be, yeah, drafted to Raw because he's done with Sammy. Interesting. So he could then go after the Universal title, whoever that champion is going to be. Probably still Lashley. Interesting. Interesting. So we'll see. But yeah, those are my picks, and we are much more separated on Money in the Bank, which is normal, I would assume, than on Slammiversary. So. Well, so... I don't know. We're going to see what happens, Scott. Usually the usually the shows I watch I seem to lose. <laughs> and unfortunately, like I said, I'm not gonna be around, so we won't be able to do a post show. We'll probably definitely talk about it if not next week in a couple of weeks. Um ladies and gentlemen, I do want to let you know we do have something special coming up. So this is currently episode ninety-eight in two episodes, which we will drop on August first. Sunday will be our hundredth episode. Yep. Over a year next week's yeah next week's episode is a little up in the air because Sam will be away, so we're not one hundred percent sure if he's going to be able to record. So physically that might actually able, like, uh, huh? I said physically able, not like time related. If I'm right, 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 coherent, right. I'm gonna be. I may be a vegetable. I might. Who knows? I might not even exist on this plane. All right, we don't need to get back into the Loki topic, so. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> <laughs> I know, I know. We'll, we'll save that for another, for, for another type of show. But the way things will work out, this episode on the first is going to be a big one. It's going to be special. We got a special one. We will not be covering any live topics. Obviously, this will be a special just 100th above the ring. We're going to be doing just wait. It'll be good. We got you guys. If you're still listening after a year and a half of us rambling, and now we're pushing a two-hour episode right now just to cover two pay-per-views, three shows, a lot of news. 
Uh, in the words of Samuel Jackson in Jurassic Park, hold on to your butts. Okay, well, guys, exciting week weekend coming up. We can't wait to share, you know, enjoy it. We hope you guys enjoy it. And as always, please don't forget to follow us on Twitter at media underscore Bedlam. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Bedlam Media. You can find myself on Twitter as the SLB official and Scott at Scotty J Stream. We are on all streaming platforms. Please let us know if you cannot find us on one, though, and we will get ourselves on there. On your streaming platform, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. Tell people why Above the Ring and Bedlam Media are the podcasts of your choosing and why they should listen to us as well. Guys, Slammiversary, Money in the Bank, this weekend. Shit's real. Yep. As always, thank you for listening, and do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.